I want you to do this. I want you to do this. If you're here for the very first time, if you're here for the very first time, and you filled out one of those prayer cards, I want to, if you don't mind, if you'll hold that up real fast, we're going to run like the wind and get them. Uh, we're going to run like the wind and get them. Uh, Dole, won't you introduce your guest? Say it, say it real loud so everybody can hear. Tell, tell who you got with you this morning. All right. Yeah. Amen. I heard she, they, they were all playing cards last night, and I heard she was winning till Dole cheated. Say amen. <laughs> Ruined everything. Well, we are so glad you're here, Mama. Glad you are here. And uh, we're just going to let Alabama keep her. Say amen right there. Amen. Now, look. Look here. Everybody else, everybody else, you're not. This is no accident that you're here today. Amen. We, we believe in divine appointments. Amen. And when the Lord speaks to you, and this is what we're going to talk about today, this is all divinely orchestrated by God. You're, you're seeing on the outside what the teaching is I'm fixing to give you on the inside. Amen? You're seeing a manifestation of the Holy Spirit on the outside. You're seeing what he's doing. Now, let's talk about that today, all right? John chapter number 16 in verse number, uh, verse number 1. Have you found your spot? Say amen. And don't worry about the folks at the altar. They can take their time. The altars are always open, all right? Here's what the verse says. These things have I spoken unto you that ye should not be offended. Now, if you have a red-letter edition Bible, Jesus is talking. He is speaking. If it's in red, it's the Lord. They shall, now, he's speaking to his disciples. Watch what he tells them. They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. And these things will they do unto you, because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things have I told you, that when the time shall come, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said not unto you at the beginning, because I was with you. But now I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you asketh me, whether goest thou? But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient, or very important, very necessary for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the, the will not come unto you. Now, we know by the other chapters that he's talking about the Holy Ghost. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. He will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. Now, this is what he's going to do. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they believe not on me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and ye shall see me no more, of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, talking about the Holy Spirit, and when he has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And ye will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. Father, help me to deliver your truth in such a way that every single person in this room can understand it completely and be able to comprehend the word of God today. And God will thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, you may be seated. Now check this out. Check this out. This is the deal. Beginning in John 13, beginning in John 13, we find the Lord Jesus Christ is either in the upper room or he's in between the upper room and the garden, the Garden of Gethsemane, right before he is fixing to be arrested, he is fixing to be tried and crucified and go back to glory. Are you with me? Say amen. 
So here he is with his disciples. He's been training them for three years. He has been developing them for three years. He has been working on them for three years, all of this time getting them ready so that when he would go back to heaven, they could be turned loose on this earth to do what God has bidden them to do and commanded them to do, which is reach a lost and dying world. Are you all with me so far? Now, in chapter 13, he tells them, I'm going to leave. Now, they didn't understand that. They didn't understand that. They thought he was going to overthrow the Roman government. He was going to set up his throne right then on earth, and they were going to rule with him, and and everything was going to be great and wonderful and all that. And now he begins to tell them he's fixing to leave. Now, they've left everything. They've left their families. They've left their careers. They've left everything to follow this man, and now you're going somewhere? You're leaving? That's what brings up John 14 in verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. He says, it's all right. It's all right, guys. Don't worry. Then he begins to tell them, you're going to face obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. You're going to face a difficult situation. They're going to persecute you. They're going to hate you. Everybody, have y'all figured out this world don't like Christians by now? They're going to hate you. You're going to go against difficulty after difficulty. They're going to kick you out of the synagogue. They're even going to kill you. Man, they're all wigged out. I mean, it just, it just throws them for a loop. But in every single chapter, 14, 15, and 16, he tells them, I love this man. He tells them, you're going to go through difficulty, but don't worry because I'm sending help. Hey, you're going to face things that's going to make you cry, but I'm sending help. You're going to face things that's going to break your heart, but help is on the way. You're going to, listen, you're going to face things that's going to scare you to death, but help is on the way. You're going to face things you don't understand, but help is on the way. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad to know when I come to a crisis in my life and I come to something I don't understand in my life, when I come to something that breaks my heart and causes tears to drip off of my face, I'm glad to know help is on the way. He says, fellas, I'm sending a comforter. I'm sending the Holy Ghost. I'm sending a spirit, the power of God to come and be in you and with you. I am so glad to know help is on the way. Now watch this. He has a ministry. He has a ministry. We find it all in chapter 16. I mean a threefold ministry. He has a ministry to the sinner. He has a ministry to the saint. And he has a ministry to the Savior. Now, let me just give you the Savior, and we'll get that out of the way because that, that's, that's not really necessary this morning. He is to glorify the Savior. The Spirit points to the Son, and the Son points to the Father. Are y'all with me? The Holy Spirit will always brag about the Son. He will always magnify the Son and glorify the Son. And, and work, listen, point us to the Son. That's his ministry to the Son, the Savior. But here's his ministry to the other two groups of people in this building. There's only two groups. Now, we can, we can dissect and divide everybody up in here, rich and poor and, and smart and, and, and other kind of folks, amen. Um, uh, we, we've got all kind of ways we can divide people. But, but when God looks down on this, on this building, he only sees two groups. He only sees two groups, the lost and the saved. Now, we use the terminology sinner and saint, But all a saint is, is a forgiven sinner. 
Now, don't nobody get no, no halo over their head when I use the word saint. I'm using the word saint because that's the New Testament term for a Christian because you need to act like a saint. Are you all with me? But a saint is just a forgiven sinner. It doesn't mean you don't have issues. Every saint has issues. Everyone does. It just means you've been forgiven. You've been redeemed. You've been washed by the blood. You, hallelujah. Say amen. Now, the sinner doesn't know Jesus. The sinner may be religious, but he's not redeemed. The sinner may know about God, but he doesn't know him personally. The sinner is one who have not come to repentance and knowing Christ as their personal Savior. Now, do I need to go into any more detail about who these two groups of people are? So we're together. We know who we're talking about when I say a sinner and a saint. Let's look first at the Holy Spirit's ministry to the sinner. Because all that you've seen up here a while ago, all that you've seen up here, God, God was dealing with sinners and with saints. He was speaking to their heart. He was moving in this place and he was ministering to them. Now watch, watch how the Holy Spirit ministers to the sinner. Watch this, watch what he'll do. The Bible says in chapter 16 and verse number 8, are y'all with me? It says, when he has come, talking about the Holy Spirit, he will reprove, say that word with me. Now, what that word, that word means to convince. In other words, uh, me and my wife talk every now and then. <clears throat> and, and I have to help her to understand some things. Are y'all with me? And I have to share my expertise and knowledge to convince her that I'm right. Now, that is a rare thing that that ever happens, but I do my best. Amen. I'm trying to convince her to get her to believe and understand that what I'm saying is the truth. So do y'all know what convince means? Well, we use the word in church convict, convict, convince, convict. When we talk about old-time conviction, I come from an old-time way. Are y'all with me? I believe in old-time Holy Ghost conviction. I believe that you cannot get saved till the Holy Ghost is convicting your heart and drawing you and convincing you about the truth. Are y'all with me? So what the Bible is saying, when the Holy Spirit comes, his ministry is to convince or convict the world of three things. Three things. The first thing we see is in verse number 9, of sin. Hey, when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness and of judgment. Verse 9, let's talk about that one first. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Now, what that means is this. It's not necessarily he is convincing you that telling a lie is wrong. Because your own conscience will do that. Your own conscience will convince you that you shouldn't have told that lie. Or that other things, stealing a piece of bubble gum, that's wrong. The law says it. The, your conscience says it. That's not what the Holy Spirit is convincing you of. He is convincing you of the sin, singular, of unbelief. You won't go to hell because you told a lie. You won't. There's, there, there's Christians that have told lies, but they're still going to go to heaven. Y'all with me? Let me test you. How many of y'all are saved in here? Raise your hand. You say. All right, now how many of y'all have told a lie after you got saved? Some of y'all are lying this morning. I can tell. <laughs> now listen. <laughs> now watch. Now watch. Let me tell you what will send you to hell. Unbelief. Not receiving Christ as your personal Savior. Because, see, you can, you can straighten up your act. And you can fix all the issues in your life and change your ways but not go to heaven. 
Because good people go to hell. It's when you deny the Lord Jesus Christ and will not submit to him and refuse to believe that he is the Savior of the world and receive him as your Savior. And here's what happens. Here's what happens. You come to church. You come to church. And, and you come and sit down, and you didn't really mean for this to happen. You didn't look for this to happen. You was just going to church because that's what you're supposed to do on Sunday. And the preacher gets up, and he begins to open the Bible. And he begins to share the Word of God. Now, listen, my opinion won't cut it. My theories won't cut it. How I feel about something won't cut it. It won't do anything to you. It won't stir your conscience one bit. But if I say the Bible says in the book of Romans, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Oh, my goodness. Something begins to stir right here. What has happened? The Holy Ghost has came down from heaven, and he has invaded this building, and he's speaking to your heart, and he's saying, listen up. Listen up, because what that preacher's saying is the truth. And when I say the Bible says, for there is none righteous, no, not one, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. When I say the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. i tell you what's happening. The Holy Ghost is gripping your heart, and he's saying, listen up, listen up, because what that preacher is saying is the truth, and he will convince you that the Bible is is true. So how do you know all that? Because I've been there. I grew up in church, and the man of God would be in the pulpit preaching, and most of the time it was my daddy. And he had preached the truth. And boy, I tell you what, I was as religious to the bone, I'm telling you. And, 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 and the Holy Ghost would tell me, I don't care how much Bible you know. I don't care how many verses you got memorized. I don't care about the suit you're wearing. I don't care about that big Bible you're carrying. I don't care about your good, perfect attendance in Sunday school. You are lost. And every time Dad would read a scripture, boy, the Holy Ghost would grip my heart. And boy, my heart rate would get a little faster. My blood pressure would go up. And I'd think, dear God in heaven, if this preacher don't shut up, I'm going to have a heart attack right Right here in this pew. Can, can, can I have a witness? And I thought, boy, if I can get out of this building, if I can get out of this building, I'll feel better. If I can get out of this building, everything will be all right. But I found out something that the Holy Ghost knew where I live. And he knew where I worked. And he knew my address. And he knew which car I drove. And every time I got in my car, he'd get in there with me. Every time, everywhere I went, I found out that the Holy Ghost was on my trail. And I didn't have to be in church. Because everywhere I went, the Holy Ghost was in my heart. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For there is none righteous, no, not one. I don't care about your church attendance. There is none righteous, no, not one. I don't care how much Bible you know. There is none righteous, no, not one. It is not your good works that's going to get you in. You need the Lord Jesus Christ. And son, help me, Jesus. Yeah. That's his job. And see, and see, you don't need to even need to be preaching it for that to happen. You can be singing it. Amen. You know your country when they go to singing and not singing. Amen. <laughs> what happened? They were singing truth up here. And the Holy Spirit started touching hearts. And you started feeling the Holy Spirit. It's good, ain't it? Now watch, now watch. That's not all he does. He doesn't just convince you of sin. That you, that you need Jesus. He says he convinces us of righteousness. Now, who, what righteousness? Jesus said it was him. You see, it don't matter how good you are, you can't be good enough to get in. 
And I, I need everybody's undivided attention for about five minutes right here. Quickly. Look dead in my eyes. This is really, really important. Because the devil has deceived so many people into believing this junk. Some people think that when you get to heaven, God's going to put your good works and your bad works on a scale. And if your good works outweigh your bad works, you're going to get in. And if your bad works outweigh your good works, you ain't going to make it. That is the biggest lie that's ever come out of hell. Because, see, you got to understand something. According to the Word of God, your good works, the very best you could do, is as filthy rags in God's eye. What does that mean? I can't be good enough to get there. So the Holy Spirit had to convince me of true righteousness. You see, he convicted me of sin and convinced me that I was a sinner. He convinced me of what was wrong, but then he convinced me of what was right. That I needed the righteousness of Christ to make it to glory. Are you all with me so far? Then the third thing. He convinces sinners of judgment. Judgment. Now, it's, it's not what you're thinking. I'm not talking about judgment to come. I'm not talking about hell on the way. What I'm talking about is the judgment of Satan. See, watch this. Look in verse number 11. Look in verse number 11. He says he's going to convince us of judgment. Why? Because the prince of this world is judged. Now, let me, let me turn over real quickly. I didn't mean to do this. I usually have this on, on the screen. But over here in Ephesians, chapter number 2, watch what the Bible says about us before we were saved. Now, how many of y'all are saved? Raise your hand again. Let me see how many of y'all are saved. Now, how many of y'all know you used to not be that way? Okay, so we all understand that we were lost. You ain't always saved. I had an older lady in the church in South Carolina, I passed her, she said, I've always been a Christian. I said, ma'am, you ain't because you're lying now. You didn't get here fixed. You got here broke. Are y'all with me? Now watch what the Bible says about how and who we were before we got saved. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and in sins, where in time past, now watch this, this is how we acted and walked, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, that's the devil, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Now what does that mean? Before I became a child of God, I was a child of the devil. That's hard to swallow, isn't it? I was a Bible-toting, suit-wearing, scripture-quoting child of the devil. Because, see, before I was adopted into the family of God, I was in the wrong family. And what the Holy Spirit is to convince you of is that if you're connected with this family, judgment has taken place. The devil has already been judged. He's already been judged and sentenced. The sentence has just not been carried out yet. And see, the whole point of you being here today, if you're lost, is God wants you to understand you're a sinner. You need Jesus. That he's the only way to make it to glory. And if you don't, you're connected with judgment. Does that make sense? Say amen. So what's the point? The point is this. Before you leave today, 
you need to come to this altar and take one of these altar workers and they'll sit at this front pew and they'll take a Bible and show you how to get out of that condition. How you can go from darkness to light. How you can go from a child of the devil to a child of the king. Because I'm telling you, it's always better in the Father's house. Are y'all with me? So do you see, does everybody see what the Holy Spirit's ministry is to the sinner? Now watch this, you saints in here. You forgiven people in here. That's come to know Jesus. I'm glad we got help. Because I don't know if you figured it out yet or not, but it's hard to live right in this world. And it's impossible without the Holy Spirit. I've had, I've had uncles that, that, uh, that listen to false doctrine. They, they, they listen to preachers tell them that, you know, uh, uh, you got you to gotta get straightened out and then come to Jesus. Well, guess what they did? They said, ain't no sense to me because I can't get straightened out. I'm not going to church. I'm not going to be a hypocrite. Ain't no sense to me going to church because I can't live it. Guess what? That damned them to hell. Because their whole life, they were told, until you get fixed, you can't come to Jesus. And the truth is, you can't get fixed till you come to Jesus. And no matter how much I witness to them, and I mean, I've got, I've got just heartache in my heart now because I would witness and witness and please, please get saved. Please trust Jesus. Please come to know Christ. And they would say, because they would feel so desperate because they felt like they couldn't live up to it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, without the power of the Holy Ghost, you can't. That's why Jesus said, I'm sending help. Help is on the way. Now, here's just a couple things we're going to pray right here. What is the Holy Spirit to the saint? What is his ministry to the saint? First off, write this down, and we'll do this quick. We'll do this quick. First, he is my professor. Say that with me. He is my my professor. What does that mean? I need a teacher. I need a guide. I need somebody to help me with the decisions that I make in life. Because in my humanity, I don't always make the right decisions. Have anybody in here ever had issues with making the right choices? Well, guess what? Look what the Bible says in John 16, verse 13. Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. In other words, whatever decision you need to make, you can pick the right one if you'll listen to him. He will guide you into all truth. Uh, For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. You remember when Jesus said, pray in the Lord's Prayer, uh, lead me not into temptation. Remember? How do you think he's going to lead you? The Holy Ghost. I'm going this way, and there's going to be, say I'm at the office. Say I'm at the office. And, uh, and, 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 and there's this secretary in there that's got eyes and, and, and she, she has issues and, 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 and it's going to be a problem. And the Holy Spirit said, you don't need to go by that office. You need to go the other way. Hey, what about the TV? TV's running. Guys, help me. Help me, guys. Y'all don't act all holy on me now. Uh, uh, Someone will come on that TV and the Holy Spirit will nudge you and say, look, you need to turn that channel. You need, you need, to, you need to hit the X button. You need to do something. You need to go up and cut the grass or something. Somebody say amen. 
You in the mall, you in the mall, guys, and 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 and, and that pretty thing walks by you, ain't got enough clothes on to cover Blue Jay, and she walks by you, and you know what? And the Holy Ghost says, "Keep your eyes straight on, boy." I don't know about you, but I need that help, and you do too. You just won't admit it. My wife's not in the building. I can admit it. Say amen right there. And I don't care if your wife's there or not. You need help. And ladies, you, you need to talk, start asking God what you need to wear because we, 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 we got issues. I know it's summertime. I get that. I get it summertime, and, and, man, when summertime comes, and you can't buy nothing decent anymore. I don't care where you go and shop. They just don't have nothing decent. Hey, listen, it's summer, but we don't need to see everything. And let me, let me do this. Now, I'm not being smart. I want to I help you see it from a guy's point of view. I want you to see it from a guy's point of view. Uh, most men in this room, whether they'll admit it or not, most men in this room have been uh, exposed to pornography at a little age. From a little kid, maybe from an uncle or from a crazy man down the street or from whatever. Uh, it can be from Sports Illustrated Swimsuit. That's, that's pornography. I don't care how you work it. All right. And because of that, they've struggled with lust. They struggle with that, and they're fighting that. Every day, they're fighting that. Every day, every man in this room, whether they admit it or not, you fight the temptation to lust, and you fight keeping your mind pure. Because we are living in such an impure society. I, it is what it is. And, and we have to fight it at work. We have to fight it, at, at, listen, at, at the ball field. We have to fight it everywhere. If there's ever a place that there needs to be a haven of rest for our minds, it should be the house of God. So please, before you put on that dress or that outfit, pray and say, Lord, is this too short? Is this too revealing? And I guarantee you, he'll tell you. He'll tell you. And, and gentlemen, let's trust the Holy Spirit when he tells us something. Tells us a place we shouldn't go or something we shouldn't do. The Holy Spirit is here to help us fight temptation. Well, I don't know. I, I haven't heard from the Holy. I just can't. I just can't hear him. There's two reasons why, Brother Johnny, help me with this. Uh, two reasons why we don't hear from the Holy Ghost. One is chatter. How many of y'all watched Duck, Duck Dynasty? You know, you know Phil. He's out there. He's out there with Miss Kay, and she just. And he said, it's just chatter, chatter. I can't even hear myself think there's just too much chatter. Do you realize there's so much communication going in our brains, we can't hear God? That we, we're, we're so bombarded with so much technology. We're bombarded with so much information. We need to turn the radio off. We need to turn the TV off. We need to turn everything off. Get alone and get quiet so we can hear him. Let me prove it. How many of y'all have tried to pray before and you kept remembering what was on TV the night before or a couple hours before? And you sat there and tried to get along with God and tried to talk to God and get God to talk to you, but your mind kept wandering off to, y'all with me? Sometimes we got to clear our thoughts from all the chatter so we can hear from God. But the second reason, and this is, the, this, this is probably the most prominent reason, it's not that God is not speaking. It's not that God is not speaking. The problem is, the Bible says he speaks in a still, small voice. Y'all with me? Now watch this. Watch this illustration. Brother Johnny's over here, and I'm going to tell him something. Come on, 
Now, now watch. Now watch. Every single time I said it at the same volume, what was the problem? Now watch this. First John chapter 1. These things that we've spoken unto you that you might have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship was with the Father. If any man say he have fellowship with God and walk in darkness, he lie and do not the truth. But if he walks in the light, as we, as, as, if, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with him and the blood of Christ cleanses us from all sin. What's that mean? When we come in salvation and come to Christ, we are in fellowship with him in holiness and purity. But when we start straying, we start allowing things to come in our life to, to bring us away from God. Now, 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 stay right there. Stay right there. I don't know why you're moving. All right. God don't ever go anywhere. It's the Christian that strays. And then what will happen, we'll get so far out here, and, and, and the Holy Spirit's trying to tell us something, and we can't. Not because he's not talking, but it's because of proximity of where we are in our life. But oh, if we'll say, oh, God, I'm sorry. Please, please, we can hear him again. Give God praise and glory. Amen. Amen. Now, now, real quick, real quick, watch this. God's not only our professor, he's our promise. He's our promise. I got to do this quick. Watch this. Watch this. This is so good. I love, when I, when I learn this, Ephesians chapter, he's our power too, uh, and that's in Acts 1-8, but just write that down and go to promise. I want to skip to this one. Uh, he, aren't you glad we have power to overcome temptation? But watch this, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. I'm glad to know I am sealed by the Holy Ghost. When I got saved, he sealed me in. But watch this. This is so good. Which is the Holy Spirit is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Now, I never really got that verse Till me and Tammy bought our first house. I grew up a preacher's kid. We was in the, in, in, the, in the parsonage, so we never really owned anything. And the first time I ever bought a house is my first experience with it. And, and, and I went to the realtor. We found one we, fought, we felt like we could afford, and, 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 and we said, all right, we're going to offer this. So I went to the realtor, and I said, okay, ma'am, we're going to offer this amount. She said, okay, I need earnest money. And I think it was like $500 or $1,000. I'd never heard of that in my life. I said, do what? The only earnest I knew went to camp. Say amen. <laughs> now watch. Now watch. She says, oh, I'm sorry. Let me explain. Let me explain. If you, you put down earnest money, and this money tells the seller you're serious about your offer. Now, when that dawned on me, and I remembered Ephesians, man, I about had a Holy Ghost fit right in that, right in that office. Because the Lord, here's what it is. The Lord says, if you'll come to me, if you will believe in my son, he says in John 14, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. He has promised us inheritance. He has promised us a home in heaven. He has promised us a mansion on Hallelujah Boulevard. He has promised us gates of pearl. He has promised us walls of jasper. He has promised us a street of gold and a crystal river he has promised us the tree of life he says I'm going to give you an inheritance and just to let you know that I'm serious about my offer I'm going to give you the Holy Ghost till you get here 
Give him praise today. Hallelujah. And not only that, and not only that, I'm going to close before I have a heart attack on this pulpit. Watch this. It's even better. How many of y'all have been so broken before in your life you didn't know what to say? You've been at a place in your life you were so confused. You were so broken. Peter had an experience like this. The Bible says he went out and wept bitterly, and that means he wept so much that he had no more tears to cry. Well, watch what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. He's not only our professor, he's our power, he's our promise, but he is our prayer partner. The Bible says in Romans 8, 26, now watch this and we're going to dismiss. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. What does that mean? There's been times I've been in the hospitals. I've been by bedsides. I've been in situations I could not figure out, did not make sense to me, and I didn't even know what to say. And all I could get out of my mouth was help. And when that took place, I remember, I remember when Lance died. I remember sitting in your living room and we were sitting there and I didn't know what to say. Man, I was so broken. We were all so hurting. And all I could do was say, help, help. And you know what? When we get to that place in our life, well, we don't even know what to say. We don't even know what to pray. The Bible says the Holy Spirit kicks in. And he goes to praying for us. He goes to talking to the Father. And he knows exactly what to say. He knows exactly what to pray. He knows exactly what we need. And we, when we don't have the strength and the ability and the power to pray, we have a prayer partner that's praying for us. If you're glad of that, give him praise and glory in this house. Hey. You're going to face things you don't understand. You're going to face troubles that you can't fix on your own. You're going to face people that hate you. You're going to face people that try to kill you. But Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled because help is on the way. Help is on the way. Father, in Jesus' name. Oh, God, we need you today. God, there's a bunch of people in here that needs to get saved. God, they're here and you have spoke to their hearts. You have revealed to them their need to come to this altar and find salvation. God, I, I pray for them right now. I pray for them right now. I know you've been speaking to them. As every head's bowed and every eye closed, please be as still as possible. Be as still as possible. Guys, this is really important. Listen, just be as still as possible. If God is speaking to your heart right now, if God is speaking to your heart right now, you say, preacher, I'm not 100% sure if I was to die right now. I'm not 100% sure if I was to die right now. I'm not sure that I'm saved. I'm not sure that I'm saved. There's doubt in my heart, and I want you to pray for me. 
I want you to pray for me. I want you to slip up your hand right quick. I'm not asking you to join the church. I just want to pray for you. You say, preacher, while you was preaching about that Holy Spirit speaking and convincing, I'm not 100% sure if I was to die right now that I'd go to heaven. And I want you to pray for me. Would you slip your hand up right where you are and let me pray for you? I see that hand. God bless you. I see this hand. I see it on the left. God bless you. On the right. In the back, I see your hand. In the middle, I see your hand. God bless you. On both sides, I see your hand. God bless you in the back and in the middle, in the front. God bless you. Lord, you know every heart that's in this room. You know every heart that's in this room. And I pray in Jesus' name right now that you'll go and let them know how much we love them and how much you love them. Father, you love them enough to send your son to die on a cross so that they could be forgiven. I know the Holy Spirit speaking to them because they had enough courage to raise their hand. Father, right now I pray for the courage to step out of that pew right where they are and find a way down this aisle to this altar and come. God, I want them to come so we can show them how to trust in Christ today. The greatest and easiest thing they'll ever do in their life is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Give them the courage to move right now as I'm praying, right now as I'm speaking. Let them come. I'll keep every head bowed. I'll keep every eye closed. I wouldn't embarrass nobody for nothing. But God, let those that raise their hand, those that need to come, the Holy Spirit speaking to them right now, let them come. That's it. We've got some coming. Come on. You're not alone. Come on, sis. That's right. Come on. Come on. If God is speaking to your heart, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Don't wait. Don't put it off. Listen, God is dealing with you now. Come on. Come on. That's it. There's more. There's more. If God's speaking to you, believe him. I'm telling you, he's telling you the truth. He's working on your heart for a reason. Help him, Brother Johnny. Come on. Don't put it off. I wonder how many of y'all in here right now, you're saved, you're born again, you know the Lord as your personal Savior, no doubt about it. But maybe you've just drifted a little bit and there's been times that you need to be able to hear the Holy Spirit and it's just been a struggle lately. And you'd, you want to be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit right now. You want to be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit and be able to hear Him when He speaks. I want you to raise your hand. I want you to raise your hand all over the building. Come on. Come on and find a place in this altar right now. Come on and find a place in this altar and let's pray. I want to pray for you. I want you to be able to hear him when he speaks. I want you to be able to fight the devil. I want you to be able to have the power of the Holy Spirit in your heart and in your life. I want you to know the touch and the anointing of God so that you can fight the devil. Find him. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Father, in Jesus' name, we're praying for everyone. For Lord, that them to be touched with the anointing of the Holy Ghost. God, I pray that you'll touch their heart. I pray that you'll touch their, their minds right now. Pray for those that are accepting you as their Savior. I pray for those right now that are receiving the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray that you'll move in their heart. I pray that you'll move in their life right now. I pray for those that have drifted far from you. God, they've drifted. They've drifted away so that the, the voice of the Lord has gotten weaker and weaker and weaker. I pray that they will turn around. God, they'll come back to you, Lord. They'll come back to you, Lord, and they will walk with you and talk with you. Lord, we have to worship in the Spirit. We have to work in the Spirit. Lord, we have to walk in the Spirit. Help us to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit in our heart and our life. God, bless everyone that's come and those that need to come. And Lord, we'll praise you and thank you for all that you're doing and all the decisions that are being made at this altar today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. All you take all the time you need to pray. 
We're going to sing a verse of invitation. We're going to sing a verse of invitation. If you need to come, if you're coming for baptism, if you're coming for baptism and you're a gentleman, if you'll come to my left, you'll come to my left. If you're coming for baptism and you're a lady, if you'll come to my right, there'll be somebody there to assist you. All those that are coming for baptism and you're a gentleman, come to my left. And all those that are coming and you are a lady, if you'll come to my right, there'll be somebody there to assist you. Bless them, Lord. Bless them, Jesus. Help them, Lord. Save them today. Move in their hearts, Lord. Hallelujah. Help them now. Move in their life, God. I pray that you'll help these young men, Lord. I pray.